You're listening to the Rocky Mountain Review, an on-air news show turned podcast. I am one of your hosts, Gabe Peterson. And on today's show, we discuss another Fort Collins police officer making headlines this week after performing a controlled takedown on a female suspect caught on video. The Colorado Supreme Court shot down a state law banning immigrant smuggling in the state of Colorado. 36-year-old Silverton resident Shai Cato was found safe and sound after disappearing for three days at the Missouri Mountain. Wildfires in California continue to spread as hundreds are still missing and evacuations are being issued. Catalonia has continued to push for independence, which has caused for some violent outbreaks in Spain. Collegian reporter Michelle Fredrickson stops by for a live interview regarding National Coming Out Day. Later on in our roundtable segment, Collegian reporter Tatiana Talisnik stops by to discuss how CSU students will be directly impacted by the Trump administration's decision to roll back mandates for companies to provide birth control to their employees. I'm Gabe Peterson, and thanks for listening to the Rocky Mountain Review. Enjoy today's show. And welcome back to the Rocky Mountain Review. I am your co-news director, Gabe Peterson. I am joined with my other co-news director, Julia Battalise. That is me. That is you. <laughs> we have J.D. Layton, our national news correspondent in studio again. As always. As always. I live here. You live here. Mm. And joining us today is Michelle Fredrickson, a collegian reporter, and we are going to do a little interview with her about what the piece that she wrote. How are you? I'm doing great, Gabe. Thanks. How yeah, are you? I'm doing great. It's good to have you. Thanks good for coming to be on. Here. Um, so today we're going to go right into local. We have a couple stories for you there. Uh, I guess I would be starting that off. You are, actually. Yeah, I am. <laughs> a Fort Collins police officer is under investigation by the Fort Collins Police Department after a video was released showing him performing a controlled takedown on a female suspect Friday. According to the Denver Post, Robert Garrison and the Fort Collins Police Department, the unnamed officer was on his way to a work assignment when he observed the woman speeding. He then followed her until she parked and appears to show her his badge. The officer was off duty and was not in uniform during the encounter. The unidentified woman continued to walk away from the officer, and it can be seen in the video that she she stops to look through her purse and then attempts to leave on foot. At this point, the officer grabs her arm and proceeds to restrain her. Quote, the woman was cited for careless driving and obstructing a police officer before being released, says Garrison. From Robert Garrison Channel 7 in Denver, there was a bystander that reportedly called the police during the incident and took a video that was posted to his Facebook page. This video comes just months after a video of a Fort Collins police officer using force to restrain a young woman, a CSU student, outside of Bondi Bar in Old Town, Fort Collins. The Fort Collins Police Department is conducting an internal investigation on the officer in question. Uh, now over to Julia. Yeah, and that last story was also written by uh, Raven Color, our, uh, one of our newest reporters, actually. Yes, thank you, Raven. Um, yeah, so the Colorado Supreme Court shot down a state law that didn't allow for immigrant smuggling in the state of Colorado from John Ingold of the Denver Post. The law was originally passed in 2006, and it made it illegal to provide payment in exchange for transportation into the U.S. or the state of Colorado due to the violations with immigration laws. The vote was close, coming to a 4-3 to three vote, ultimately stopping the ban against immigrant smuggling because there is said to be a federal law that conflicts with the Colorado state law. From Channel 7 in Denver, State Attorney General Cynthia Kaufman expressed her disdain after the final vote, saying, quote, Colorado's human smuggling law was not designed to interfere with federal immigration policy, and that, quote, our lives were enacted to serve the important purpose of protecting and vindicating the innocent victims of serious crimes. 
Ingold also reports that one difference between the federal law is that it requires proof that shows that those being smuggled are, quote, in the country uh, illegally, while the Colorado law simply asks that prosecutors prove that they thought they were being transported illegally. Justice Allison Eid, one of three voting in opposition, was also disappointed in the outcome, stating the Colorado statute was in place to, quote, protect, not punish the passengers of human smuggling operations, regardless of immigration status. The Associated Press reported that Cynthia Kaufman does plan on appealing the decision to the U.S. Supreme Court. Um, I thought that was pretty interesting, actually, that story itself. Yeah, Um, it is interesting. I didn't. I mean... I'm, I guess I might be like okay with it just because it seems it seemed interesting that um, the federal law um, like wanted proof I guess to make sure that they were actually like I guess not supposed to be in the country instead mm-hmm. of because it, it seems like there's more yeah. room for um, like racial right, like racial targeting in my opinion that's what it seemed like anyway. Yeah, no, I mean, like, I think that <laughs> providing proof under the laws is probably the most important thing for uh, like having crimes. So it's like if you can't prove it, you're you're just being wrong, man. You're not being just. <laughs> being wrong, man. Um, and then anyway, I'm going to throw it over to JD about the uh, missing hiker that got found. A hiker who went missing Saturday during their ascent of Missouri Mountain has been found alive and safe. 36-year-old Silverton resident Shui Cato was found safe and sound on Tuesday, a short five miles from the summit of the 14,000-foot, 75-foot peak, writes Tom McGee of the Denver Post. According to Chafee County Sheriff John Spez, Cato managed to build a fire for warmth and is fine. He is in great shape with no physical problems. Rescuers located Cato on Tuesday around midday after having been called off the trail on Monday due to adverse weather conditions. Cato, an experienced mountaineer, according to CBS4, News had planned to summit Saturday morning and raised red flags when he failed to return that afternoon. Chafee County Sheriff's deputies located his vehicle at the trailhead for Missouri Peak and immediately notified Chafee County Search and Rescue. According to the Denver Post, at least 45 searchers looked for Cato on Sunday with the help of three helicopters, but rescuers were still not able to locate him. The search was reportedly suspended at nightfall and was scheduled to continue on Monday, but was again postponed due to snow in the Collegiate Mountain Range, making rescuing efforts increasingly dangerous to undertake. Cato was apparently spotted by a helicopter. Thanks to the fire, he had managed to ignite for warmth and returned home to his friends and family in Summit County yesterday evening. That was a that was a story written by a, one of our reporters, Will Bundy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was. It was. Um, uh, so we're going to jump into national news now. No. No. That's wrong, babe. <laughs> oh, we're not. We're no, we're in an interview. Now. Interview with uh, Michelle. Okay. All righty. All righty. <laughs> You're Michelle, like, oh, yes. How are you? I'm great. How are you? <laughs> I'm doing great. So, um, just for everybody out there who didn't read your story, um, do you just want to give like a quick synopsis of what it is you wrote about and um, just what, what conversion therapy is as a whole? Sure. So, I am a columnist for the Collegian and I'm a master's in public health student. So, I write about mostly issues relating to health. And I wrote a column about conversion therapy. In, after I read the news that Westminster became the first town in Colorado to officially disavow the practice. Conversion therapy, for anybody who doesn't know, is the practice of using cognitive behavioral therapy to try to change a person's sexuality. It used to involve um, electroshock therapy and castration and institutionalization and now involves cognitive behavioral therapy, including inducing adverse reactions to 
uh, homoerotic imagery and associating the ideas of homosexuality with physical illness. Okay. So I wrote a column once I read that Westminster was the first town in Colorado to disavow this practice, saying that it was absurd to me that only one town had done it and that Fort Collins should really step up and do it next. So did you directly write your article after finding out about Westminster or is it more of like a, an issue that like you deeply care about or like you have seen somebody being affected by it at all or did you just do it after Westminster kind of condemned it? I did it after Westminster condemned it mostly because it seemed to me like something that any decent human being would have a problem with mm -hmm. and uh, was something that I had hoped would at this point in our country's history have been a lot more um, discouraged mm -hmm. because there is over 20 years of scientific evidence showing that this practice, one, doesn't work, and two, is actually extremely harmful for people who are forced to undertake it. Now, you mentioned that Colorado only has one town, Westminster, that kind of like condemns. Uh, it's not banned, right? It's just condemned. Right. It's not banned. The process to actually ban it would be a lot more complicated. What they did was at their city council meeting, the Westminster City Council issued a statement saying that they, as a city, condemn the practice. Okay. Um, do other states, have, have other states banned this practice, condemned it at all, or is Colorado kind of one of the first states to kind of ban this? Well, actually, there are some states that have laws making it illegal for minors to undergo conversion therapy. And so essentially you have to be an adult in some states. So 18? Yes. 18 and up? Right. That's okay. And that's still kind of allowed around America? Yes. Okay. Around yes. Around America. Around America. <laughs> around America. Uh, in a general vicinity. In the general vicinity of America, <laughs> it is 18 and up. You, the practices are allowed. They are... Um, by and large, espoused by uh, the fundamentalist Christian groups. Mm -hmm. okay. And not all of them. There are so many different branches of fundamentalist Christianity, but um, most of the proponents of this type of therapy, which is, I don't want to call it a therapy. It's not a therapy. It's more of a type <laughs> of torture, um, are from one of those groups. Okay. Um, in your article, you kind of mentioned A Clockwork Orange. Um, have you read that book? And if for the listeners out there who don't necessarily know what Clockwork Orange is, can you kind of just give a quick... Uh, abstract of what it's about? Sure. So um, A Clockwork Orange is a book by Anthony Burgess, and it is a very ethically interesting book. Its main character is a murderer and a rapist who is forced to undergo the cognitive behavioral therapy, like I mentioned earlier, that involves um, inducing physical illness in response to certain images. And the book's message is pretty clear that this type of behavior is incredibly unethical to do, even to someone who is the worst kind of criminal. But um, so in my article, I mentioned this book because the type of therapy that is used in um, conversion therapy, or the, sorry, not the type of therapy, the type of uh, correctional behavior that's used in this in conversion therapy is um, the same thing that A Clockwork Orange is really about. And the point of that whole book is that this is an incredibly unethical practice. Hmm. And so my reasoning was, well, if it's an incredibly unethical practice, even for the worst of society's criminals, why do some people still think it's okay to do to the LGBTQ community? Okay. I had no idea that it was a fictional book. It's obviously fictional, right? Yes. Okay. Um, <laughs> now, you mentioned that 
Westminster brought up the issue at the city uh, city council meeting in Westminster, and then you mentioned that Fort Collins it needs to be brought up at the next city council meeting. Is this something that you personally are going to try and bring up, or is there like a social activist group around Fort Collins that is trying to tackle this issue, or? Well, there is a social activist group in Fort Collins, the Fort Collins for Progress group, I'm sure would be open to bringing up this issue, but I'm a member of that group and I would be also very open to um, bringing this up at the next Fort Collins City Council meeting. So if uh, I haven't personally talked to anybody yet about plans to bring it up at the meeting, but if nobody else has existing plans, then I certainly wouldn't be opposed to doing it because I really do feel strongly that Fort Collins needs to take action on this. Cool. So then you, earlier you mentioned it's more of like a, a religious thing that uh, conversion therapy is. Do you feel like that's why it's still not banned or condemned everywhere? Is just because of religion or is it more just like the uh, ideology behind it that people still think it works? I think it has to do a lot with religion and also with sort of the culture that we have in America right now. Um, the same groups that tend to espouse this belief also tend to disavow other things that are scientifically pretty sound, like evolution and vaccinations. And you mentioned um, that in your article. I did, yes. And um, so groups that seem to be selectively ignorant of science um, are the groups that are um, trying to keep this issue alive. Yeah. And um, Mike Pence is one of them. Okay. He is, he has, he <laughs> call said, him out. Yeah, call him out. I have no problem calling out Mike Pence. <laughs> he, he has said that if he were gay, he would want to undergo electroshock therapy. Wow. And uh, so, <clears throat> yeah. It's pretty wild. What, what, um, kind of, what kind of practices does conversion therapy uh, undergo? You said like castration, electrotherapy, all um, that kind of stuff. Most of that stuff is the castration and electroshock therapy are pretty well in the past in most Yeah, I was going to say in 2017. Practices. Yes, yeah. thankfully. Um, because of the vast amount of ethical problems with those. Um, so now it's a little bit more subtle, uh, more of a psychological form of torment. So is it like if they go to a therapist kind of thing? Usually uh, there can be, there are a lot of different ways you can yeah, do it. Sure. Like you can go to a therapist. There are um, those pray the gay away camps mm -hmm. um, that are usually a type of this practice. Okay. Uh, final question for me. Uh, do you believe that more states and or towns in Colorado will ban this quote-unquote therapy or in the near future, or do you think this battle will continue to go on for like years to come? Well, I think the battle is certainly going to go on for years to come, but I'm hopeful that seeing Westminster take action on a local level, it will become more apparent to, to towns across Colorado and really across the country that if the states and the federal government are not capable of taking action on this issue, then the local towns need to step up and do it. Cool. Awesome. Well, Michelle, thank you so much for coming on the show. All right. Yeah. Thanks um, for having me. Anybody else? Julia? No, I just, I just listened and enjoyed. Good. <laughs> good, good knowledge there. Well, thank you, Michelle. Uh, I guess we're going to jump right back into national. Yeah. So we're going to throw it over to JD again uh, with some of the wildfires in California. Yeah. California wine country is ablaze with one of the most devastating wildfires in recent memory. As the wildfire enters its fifth day, rescuers are focusing on finding the dead and missing reports Cleve Woodson of the Washington Post. Nine fires in the heart of California's wine country are ablaze with the largest of them in Sonoma County. Known as the Tubbs Fire, burning over 6,000 acres, the firefighters who have been responding to the Tubbs Fire have worked for days straight and are often victims themselves of the same fire, reports Woodson. Statewide, 8,000 firefighters have been deployed 
to contain and control the various blazes throughout the state, reports Woodson. According to Woodson, in many parts of wine country, the smoke is so thick it nearly blocks out the sun and forces residents to wear masks while outdoors. Federal aid is being strained between the 22 natural disasters that are being attended to across the nation, and 85% of the full-time employees of FEMA are already out in the field. However, with some of the Northern California fires nearing containment, resources can be shifted towards addressing these blazes, reports Woodson. According to KQED, at least 26 people have perished in the blaze, and at least 265 square miles of roughly 170,000 acres are on fire. Governor Jerry of California stated, We have had big fires in the past. This is one of the biggest and most serious, and it's not over yet, reports KQED. It's sad stuff out there. Yeah, it's... I. And they still don't know how it started, nope. correct? It yeah. just... The thing that blows my mind is 22 natural disasters. It's... This is ridiculous mm-hmm. at this point. I know. Why it's, is it's heartbreaking too? On, these, I know. There are these people who are losing everything to flooding, to fires, to what else? Yeah, makes kind of everything. Think, like Michelle said, you know, uh, deniers of climate change. Almost, I feel like this could oh, potentially be a strong case for that. But anyways, Julia, you have a Catalonia story. I do have. We're going across the Catalonia story. Uh, Way across <laughs> the pond. Catalonia is an autonomous uh, community of Spain located on the eastern Iberian Peninsula that has been the center of international news for the past few days. Catalonia consists of four provinces, Barcelona, Girona, Lydia, and Tarragona. Early at the beginning of this month, Catalonia Catalonia made news when its president, Carles Puigdemont, uh, made indications the country uh, was going to declare independence from Spain. However, James Masters of CNN CNN reports that the president um, has delayed a formal declaration of independence from Spain. This is to to encourage dialogue with Madrid. Uh, Puigdemont gave uh, an address to the Catalonian Parliament in Barcelona, announcing the delay on Tuesday. Days ago, a refuted referendum, Catalonia separating from Spain to some degree, was declared illegal by officials in Spain. According to Masters, um, Soroya signs Spain's deputy prime minister had dismissing words for um, the president of Spain recently. His recent words were, the speech of the president of Catalonia is of someone who doesn't know where he's going and what he wants to do. Sam Jones of The Guardian reports, uh, Mariana Rajoy, the Spanish prime minister, has asked Puigdemont to clarify that uh, what his intentions are, whether Catalonia is in fact declaring independence or not. Uh, Puigdemont also um, has signed a declaration of independence, but has stated before he has proposed the effects of the declaration to be on delay so that future talks can go on. Rafael Minder of the New York Times says pending a response from the Catalonian government, Prime Minister Rajoy has requested the government to use Article 155 of the Spanish Constitution, which would allow Spain to use forceful measures to to take control of Catalonia. The article would specifically allow Madrid to suspend lawmakers of Catalonia and take control of the administration of Catalonia. As further clarification from Puigdemont is needed, the political tensions between Madrid and Catalonia continue to rise. That story is by one of our reporters, uh, Joe Green. Nice. Very nice. It's a long <laughs> story there, Julia. I am I am really good at talking for a long time. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, that was local, national, as well as our interview with Michelle Fredrickson. We are going to take a quick break here at the Rocky Mountain Review. Uh, when we come back, we are going to jump into our roundtable segment about... 
Uh, the Trump administration's stance on birth control, and we're going to have Tatiana Telesnik. Is that her last name? I think so. <laughs> I just I, I, we're, I, we're I said it wrong to her one time, and she corrected me, and I still don't know how to do it. I'm terrible at names. <laughs> it's a Anyways, tough one. we're going to take a quick break. Michelle, thank you so much again for coming on. No Pleasure. problem. Thanks for having me. Uh, stay tuned. And welcome back to the Rocky Mountain Review. Wow, that just really played right in there. <laughs> I am your co-news director, Gabe Peterson. I am joined in studio with my other co-news director, Julia Badalese. I like I like how you say other co-news director because it makes it sound like there's another one. Well, there like could be. JD's in here so much. I live here. <laughs> Give me the... No. The... Which brings up JD Leighton, our national news correspondent, is in studio. Hey, everybody. And joining us uh, for our roundtable debate is Tatiana. I'm going to mess this up. Tatiana. Wait, wait. Parafunic to lose now? Oh, that Ooh. was bad, right off the bat. <laughs> what was it? Paraffinic Telesnik. Tatiana Telesnik. I, I, I'm just going to skip Paraffinic It's Paraffinic Telesnik. It's fine. I won't get confused with the other Telesnik. <laughs> okay, perfect. <laughs> so today we are going to talk about um, the Trump administration kind of uh, calling back mandates for companies to provide birth control for their employees. Is that is it just employees or is it for like family members as well? I guess that would be f employers too. Yeah, I think it just Extended. depends on what they're what packages they're offering their okay. employees. And I guess like we were talking about earlier today, uh, it kind of affects some CSU students as well. Um, right. Do you want to talk about that a little bit, Tatiana? Well, I think like it depends on who they're employed by, but this will affect um, students like of our age, this will affect women basically, is that now uh, the options that employers have as far as what they're providing uh, their employees with is just, it's, it's so much larger because at first we had this thing where it was like, if you have a religious objection, you can have out. And that was that drama with Hobby Lobby, mm -hmm. if y'all remember. Uh, a bit back when we decided that corporations are people mm -hmm. and they can have a religion. Was that three years ago? Right. Yeah. 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 And so then now that has they really opened up that more narrow thing um to to be religious and moral exemptions so if you're just like nope i'm out morally it's not even about religion i just don't feel like it you can have out do you have to prove that you don't want to pay or can you just simply say no like if you just don't want to provide birth my, control? Under, my understanding is so this just happened last week yeah. so we're gonna have to see how this plays out yep. and see what kind of um excuses people come up with but, I mean, moral objection is pretty vague. Like, I just, I... Yeah. And I feel like a lot of companies are going to be like, I I just would like to object because I don't feel like paying or paying for that. <laughs> and companies had to provide birth control with health insurance before this right. or under Obama, right? Yeah. and Yes. Um, except for if you had, like, a religious... Yeah. App. So Hobby Lobby. Right. Okay. Basically. And yeah. companies like that. Um and so, I mean, there's there's just a plethora of reasons why you would provide birth control, um, but I mean, health reasons as well as contraceptive reasons. And so, now, yeah, any my understanding is that anyone can get out. Again, we're gonna have to see how this plays out. Mm. So, I guess for me and JD, it doesn't really apply. But like, as girls, like, how do you feel? I mean, like, I, think, I, th I think that's where you're wrong because I think it <laughs> does apply because we interact with like I guess like you I guess women a, a few, lot. I guess a few so. women like. That, not <laughs> in that respect. I mean, like we we know people that this will like affect. So right. it's like sort of limiting people's access to like how they can sort of control their reproductive rights is a bit ridiculous. Right. It's like that. 
Okay. I'm not I'm not necessarily <laughs> a big fan of it, but I also don't think that a good majority of companies, I mean, as profit maximizing as they are, are going to sort of be like, mm, nah, I'm sure you'll see some, but I I would sincerely hope it's not going to be as big of a drop off as uh, as some forecasts have made it be. Mm-hmm. I think that's kind of an optimistic outlook, but I hope you're right. I actually saw in the LA Times it said like the vast majority of companies like don't have a problem with offering birth control mm-hmm. benefits, um, which was definitely a good thing to see. Um, there was some. I I was looking back at um, a Washington Post article, um, and it was saying that there was uh, a price hike in um, contraceptives in Chile. Oh my gosh, yeah, I have that in my notes right now. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, and then it led to like a 4% increase in the country's birth rate. Um, And it was like, there was also like data showing um, an increase in fetal deaths, low birth weight, and infant deaths. Right, because those... uh the, the study demonstrated that it wasn't just a random, like, these unconnected events happened, like, randomly birth, uh, the birth rate increased. It was like, no, this is actually unplanned birth rate because that's yeah. uh, demonstrated through fatal deaths and all, and all these other things that are evidence of um, unintended pregnancy. Do you yeah. know what caused the uh, price shift to cause that demographic data to appear? Yeah. It was, um, yeah. Uh, go ahead. I think it will. So there was like three pharmaceutical retailers in Chile um, that colluded to increase the price of nearly like all contraceptive drugs. Okay. Um, and then like a pharma like, bro situation. So the oligopoly that ran <laughs> Chile's pharmaceutical business upped the prices and mm-hmm. you see a direct increase in fetal death as well as unplanned births. Low birth weight and in, yeah, and infant deaths. And yeah. they said that like prices for some places like birth control methods uh, right. doubled. Yeah, and then so. the consequences of that go beyond that immediate health situation. The consequences are also in like livelihood of people, right? Because we have children who are not planned for. So then these children were less likely to be in, because this uh, was in 2007. So we know now that these children were less likely to be in kindergarten mm-hmm. as well as first grade and second grade so it's not just about that immediate health and that immediate um planning but then beyond that like it's a span of a lifetime right yeah Mm -hmm. you like see those shifts immediately and and even that it's like because they're like unplanned pregnancies it was more likely that they were like younger um so then the children were like expected to be more disadvantaged yeah um basically there's a lot of problems (laughs) is uh i i i don't know the answer to this is like planned parenthood like being affected by this at all or is that like a completely different like conversation when it comes to like birth control and contraception and all that uh i think that's kind of a, a separate conversation okay. i mean uh, certainly they'll be affected uh just because as like we expectations shift of what employers are providing then the the pressure on planned parenthood to kind of fill in for the, in those holes will be different but again i think we'll just see that play out as it goes okay um, it's hard to know now. Yeah. I saw an article. I'm trying to find it. It, like, mentioned what Trump's doing to, like, Saudi Arabia. Mm-hmm. Um, do you guys know what I'm talking about? Did you read that article I at all? didn't. He's, like, turning it into, like, a... God, I wish I could find it. I can't find it. Google's not helping me out right now. But <laughs> just basically said, like, it's like it's like the Iranian Revolution, I guess, is what mm-hmm. that article was, like, trying to say. Um, I have in, no idea how that plays. What I have no. Well, that's what I'm saying. I was wondering if any of you guys read <laughs> that article because there's not that many articles on here about this. I feel like I like, will. I will look it up, but I am also confused on where this comes into play. I, well, I, it's, it was just like a blog well, <laughs> from some girl. I forget. This but is, I sounds don't credible. Know. Yeah, that does not sound like. The I, most I saw the comparison. I saw yeah. that. Um, at least I. 
correct me if I'm wrong, but I think that a lot of people are looking at that in connection to this and trying to say like uh, democracy and freedom and what Trump is supposedly providing with these changes is freedom so that mm-hmm. we're not in this strict uh, government that mandates uh, that women be covered like it's it's a hard argument for me to even like mm-hmm. articulate because obviously like I cannot subscribe to it but um <laughs> you know like it's hard for the words to come out of my mouth but like I did just read this from the National Review Was okay then f- yeah so you read the same thing yeah, yeah yeah so basically like um a lot of people are defending this as like actually liberal policy right because you have all this freedom to do what you want to do but like right. in my mind it's not really it, it comes back to this conversation we had as a country three years ago, our corporations people. Because right now the argument is that you're granting freedom, but can you grant a corporation freedom? I think people need freedom, not not corporations. It's hmm. a good argument. It is a good argument. <laughs> kind of like uh, can yeah, NFL the, owners fire NFL players. Or oh. taking or letting a river sue a government. Yeah, is a river an entity? We had that conversation <laughs> last week. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. yeah. The lawsuit. Yeah. What a lawsuit. I don't know. I feel like uh, to take away birth control and contraception is kind of um, morally wrong to right. me. I feel yeah. like I, I don't know. Well, and I just feel like um, it's not like there's so many reasons like to have birth control. Um, it's oh, not yeah. just it's not just like a contraceptive. It's also used for like cramps, pain, stuff yeah. like that. I mean, so, and, oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Agreeing. With um, yeah, so I just feel like there's so many benefits benefits from it. It makes it seem um, just a little bit weird for, um, I guess, t- to take that away, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, and mm-hmm. I mean, th- there have been a lot of, um, there has been backlash. Um, Washington State is suing President Trump mm-hmm. uh, since Monday. Um, I think there were a few others, too. Let's see, other Democratic-leaning states, including Massachusetts and California, mm-hmm. sued on Friday, as did the American Civil Liberties Union. Yeah. So There's a lot of pushback on this, and this is something that, this is a conversation I've had in a lot of my classes. Um, I'm pursuing a degree in women's studies, mm-hmm. so this is a conversation we have a lot where we kind of uh, separate women's health as this separate thing, but in that, it, it, we have this philosophy um, where it's like being the natural way to be born is to be a man and to be a woman is like this extra, exce- or to be a woman is like an extra accessory we chose and not just kind of like a natural state of being. Do you see how like separating out women's health makes it sound like being a woman is like decorative and extra and not just part of the natural experience? Yeah. Hmm. I see what you're saying. It's like a hard thing to conceptualize because we are so good at separating separating out women's issues and a woman's doctor and a woman's clinic Mm -hmm. as if a woman's body is something that you can opt into. Like, you know, like a video game player, like, oh, (laughs) I'm getting this extra special body, like, uh, and not something that is kind of a a natural thing to be. (laughs) And so this is, I think this shows this philosophy we have in a really clear way is that, uh, when we separate out oh, women's needs, uh, because like it, like uh, what you brought up, uh, birth control is helpful not only for a contraceptive, but for issues with cysts, uh, decreasing risks of cancer, decreasing risks of infection. Uh, it's really good for endometriosis. It's like really important for those women that affects like 10% of women. Hmm. So like 
it's huge beyond contraception. I don't even know what that word means. <laughs> so you should inform us. <laughs> so um, this is a thing that affects a lot of women. This is like horrible, horrible pain upon getting your period. That like unlivable pain. And there's no cure. And there's no understanding of it. And this is not something that a small amount of women have. This is like 10% of women. Wow. Um, a lot of women are really affected by this. And they just have to live their lives day to day when there's, yeah, there's no cure. And there's not a lot of conversation about it, clearly, right? Clearly. Yeah. And so <laughs> birth control is one of those things that alleviates some of the symptoms. It doesn't solve it, but it does alleviate. And so now to employers can, more employers can opt out of providing this for their employees. It, it, to me, it, it again demonstrates that we see women as this like extra weird way to be a human, and the natural way to be a human is to be a man. Mm-hmm. Am I making sense? No, that makes no, sense. No, yeah, that makes sense. We're picking up what you're putting down. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's actually a very interesting, thought-provoking. No, and I, and I guess I had never like really thought of that in that context. I have The fact either. that you've you've brought it up, it's like, oh yeah, we do definitely sort of. I'm having an epiphany. Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> what do you we're, think about? Oh, sorry, Judy. She cut me off. I man. killed the moment. We're really good at separating ourselves and pointing out differences, whether they're actually there or not. Mm-hmm. Right. There you Definitely. go. Definitely. Right. Mm-hmm. What about uh, Speaker Paul Ryan uh, said that this is a landmark day for religious liberty? What mm-hmm. do you think about that quote? Uh. <laughs> I'm just the, I, like the two the two women in the room just that nice little like sigh of uh Paul Ryan Paul religious Ryan. liberty religious I mean, liberty religious liberty could, couldn't you already opt out of it r- religiously in the first place right that's what's yeah. really confusing about this is that they're what expanding it beyond religion into moral just saying oh I don't want to do it right it was or it was that's you're right it was already there was already a religious opt out. We all learned this what? with Hobby Lobby. What's the mean point then? What? It's extra what was, free. What was the purpose of the statement it's, then? It's so strange. I, mean, I, I really like that that uh, phrase that you just said there. It's extra free. <laughs> like You're just like... You're super free. You're super yeah. free to oppress women. And I know like oppress is like a big scary word, but like you are free to oppress women because I think it is oppressive to be in a society where you have to, uh, by nature of your existence, you're going to have to pay more money uh, and go through more pain. Uh, is oppressive and so it's interesting because the words liberty and freedom are words that uh, are included in rhetoric that is very anti-woman oftentimes Uh, and so these words are kind of co-opted in a way that makes us all feel like warm and fuzzy like we are all so free to hate women and to not provide them with birth control Uh, it's it's an upsetting statement I mean like our little groan that you heard with the oh. same tone same volume yeah. like a little can we sigh. just get like a button of that and play it whenever something happens whenever yeah. paul ryan oh. talks honestly yeah seriously <laughs> um i oh, man so oh, if, if people like hobby lobby could already like it, it was already like a thing to say like religiously i just I, I i guess i'm blown away to find out that that's true and that they're making this mandate now mm-hmm. it doesn't make any sense to me no No, and and I try to, like, um, although I can have my very strong feelings, I try to think (laughs) about what other people might believe, and I think about people who, like, I have a grandmother who, like, is really sad, like, tears in her eyes, sadness when we talk about contraception and abortion and issues like that. She's really, in her heart, she feels like baby killing is happening, and I try to think about that. I try to think about how people genuinely go to bed, not with what they don't think they're going to bed with misogyny in their heart they think they're going to bed with love for unborn babies right mm-hmm. um but it's again that we just kind of compartmentalize women's health as this like extra thing that you can opt into and not just part of health 
you know? Yeah. Um, and so it's, it's hard for me to think about like, yes, religious people are interested in babies being born because babies are the intentions of God. But I think that they're forgetting about all these other facts, straight up facts, um, that it's, you're going to save lives. Um, sometimes like literally as far as like people life or death, but sometimes like just livelihoods, mm-hmm. if you provide them with the medicine that they need. Mm-hmm. I, 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 yeah. I think that's going to do it. I think maybe, I don't know. Let me, let me decide. I got to decide if I have something uh-huh. else to say. Well, cause I was, um, for, I was reading the Huffington post as well. Um, and they're requiring, in- so they were saying that, um, requiring insurance plans to cover birth control imposes a, uh, quote, substantial burden to the free exercise of religion guaranteed by the U.S. Constitution and could promote, quote, risky sexual behavior among adolescents, um, the administration told reporters Thursday night. Risky sexual behavior, behavior. by adolescents? I, uh, is, that, is that what it said? That, I think, uh, that well, was the quote. Wow. Um, about 100% certain that risky sexual behavior between adolescents will happen regardless of contraceptive mm-hmm. use or not. Right. I mean, there's science out there that Prove that's that. a different conversation. <laughs> anyway, that's it. <laughs> we, I just, I like the, is there, is there like a, I don't know. I just like the risky, the risky, the, the, ad, the adjective of risky sca- right. for sexual behavior. I don't know. The real risky business. <laughs> <laughs> and with that but, note. Um, <laughs> and with that note, we, we shut JD down. With, uh, <laughs> turn off my mic. Throw me out of the studio and chains. <laughs> <laughs> Tatiana, any last uh, comments? Um, I think that, uh, I mean, ugh, I have so many thoughts about this, but, um, if I could want like any conversation to happen after this, it's, it's more so just understanding like, uh, for, for men who love women, for women who love women to know that like women's health is not this like extra thing that we tack on to health. Women's health is just health. If you're a woman. Right. Mm -hmm. And when I say it like that, it's like, duh. But then how (laughs) do we, how are we able to compartmentalize it in a way that we can just tack it on and off of plans, tack it on and off of the conversation? Women's health is just health, especially if you're a woman. And so uh, I'd like to see that to be part of the conversation. Well, thank you, Tatiana, for coming on the show. Of course. Appreciate it. Absolutely. Uh, I think that's going to conclude our roundtable segment. Yeah. Tatiana, do you mind just giving us like your title really quick so that everyone knows that you're not just like a random person that we grabbed from the collegiate? <laughs> yeah. like, you look like you like women. Uh, <laughs> it's true. I'm a fan. But um, I'm the managing editor of the collegiate. And so I do a lot of reporting there. Uh, usually social issues um, is kind of my thing. But I manage and I edit. Cool. Very nice. <laughs> Um, yeah, anyway, that'll conclude Roundtable uh, for today. We'll be coming back in just a little bit. You're listening to the Rocky Mountain Review here on 90.5 KCSU Fort Collins. And welcome back to the Rocky Mountain Review. I am your co-news director, Gabe Peterson. I, my other news director, I'm going to stop saying co-news director because I guess you're right when it says it implies that there it's is another redundant. person. It is redundant. You're very right. We have J.D. A, Layton. Maybe, maybe we just have like an extra co-news director that's just, you know. He he hides in the he? basement. She. You assuming? I, it doesn't matter who. I'm them just joking. are here. <laughs> Them, them are here. Yep. Mm-hmm. Them are here. That English, though. Well, we are going to jump right into sports. Yeah, because that's the thing that we do. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. Not but. me specifically, but <coughs> us. <laughs> 
actually, we make up CSU's football team. The yes. three of us. Yes. Um, <laughs> so we make up the CSU out. football team. JD's the punter. Yes. <laughs> All right. The Colorado State cross country team is set to continue the 2017 season this Friday with what will likely be the most competitive meet of the cross country regular season. The ninth annual Nutty Combi Wisconsin Invitational in Madison, Wisconsin. The women's race is a 6K, while the men's eight, the men's race is an 8K. CSU's number 11 ranking on the men's side is the program's best in any week in cross country since 2003. The Rams are coming off their first ever men's team title at the Roy Gryick Invitational, as well as the program's third straight men's individual champion. The men are hoping to snag a top four spot while the women want to provide prove they belong as it is their first time at this meet. The Colorado State's women's soccer team returns home this weekend for its next round of Mountain West contests against the Boise State Broncos and the Utah State Aggies. The Rams' first opponent of the weekend, Boise State, is off to a 3-2-1 start to Mountain West play, while the Aggies are 1-3-2 in conference play. Colorado State's Sunday match against Utah State is this year's designated pink-out match. Promotions for this weekend include... Oh, Vuvuzelas Vuvuzelas for, for the first 100 fans to attend Friday's match against the Broncos and a free pink CSU drawstring backpack Ooh. for the first 100 fans it's the Sunday match with the Aggies wow might have to go dude it's worth it for the Vuvuzelas is, oh is that wow. what that is What's oh it? I was stumped there I'm, I still have no idea what it is but I appreciate your excitement if nevertheless if you've ever seen a video of the Brazil World Cup yes uh, the, that one there was a sound that sounded like millions of bees descending on the the game. That was a million vuvuzelas being played. Huh. Okay, anyway, all the sports. <laughs> the CSU volleyball team is back in action tonight. After coming off a four-game road trip, the team returns home to take on San Jose State, who sits second in the Mountain West standings. The Rams are hoping to boost their number to 21 in the coaches' poll and will add some much-needed hype to this game. The game can be heard right here on this station starting at 7 p.m. with our own Nick Baker on the call. Colorado State senior quarterback Nick Stevens was named one of the top 20 quarterbacks in the nation by the Johnny Unitas, Johnny Unitas Golden Arm Educational Foundation Incorporated. Wow, what a name. He <laughs> looks to continue his dominance this weekend when the Rams host Nevada. Although Nevada's record is only 1-5, that doesn't mean it should be a cakewalk for the Rams. Nevada put up an aggressive 566 total offensive yards last weekend against Hawaii. The game will be played under the lights starting at 8.15 p.m. and can be seen on ESPN2. It's wow. a night game? It is. Homecoming, too. That was not mentioned. <laughs> that was oh, wowie mentioned. Zowie. Wowie Zowie. And that was written by um, our sports reporter, Bjorn Larson. Bjorn Larson. Bjorn. He, he, got, Larson. That, he got that title, what, a couple weeks ago? Yeah, he's doing good. He's a good kid. Good kid. <laughs> good good hey, kid, that he's Bjorn. He's got some nice shoes on that, lad. He walks on. <laughs> So we were going to have our music segment as we typically do, but just me, you know what? In. No, no, no. Come on, Mm-mm. you don't want to talk about. Uh... We're not talking about it. Okay, never mind. We're so going straight to weather. We're going to go straight to weather. Let me explain to you a thing. We may work at a radio station, but weather is important. Yes, it is. <laughs> I'm getting my degree in it. With that, we yeah. hand it off to our <laughs> chief meteorologist, Gabe Peterson. Well, thank you, thank you, thank you. Alrighty, so tomorrow's forecast is supposed to be 61 degrees for the high, 40 for the low. Uh, looks like there's going to be no precipitation whatsoever. Looks like it's going to be a pretty calm day, no wind. And like we said on Tuesday, I told you that the weather was going to be kind of bad. Uh, but it looks like it's kind of clearing up a little bit. 55 is the high, 28 is the low. Ooh, just kidding. 
But it's it was supposed to it said it was supposed <laughs> to snow on Tuesday, but now it's Thursday and it says it's just cloudy. So <laughs> I suppose that's good I'll news for that. the homecoming. Yeah, but I mean, you know, forty five degrees at kickoff for the CSU Rams football game. There you don't get much better football weather than that. Yeah. I feel like cold weather is a good time for it's football. It's the good time. It's a good time to uh, get a beer, <laughs> bundle up, have a good time. Kick back, brew. <laughs> Wear a blanket. <laughs> and then Sunday, uh, for the Bronco game when they host the O and five New York football giants. Uh, it will be about 60 degrees with a low of 34. So, again, another nice night for football. Officially fall. Wear a blanket. Wear a blanket. Kick back a brew. <laughs> Kick back a brew. Stop with that. Um, <laughs> and that is the weather up until Sunday. Uh, if you want to hear next week's weather, you're just going to have to tune in next Tuesday at 4 p.m. I'm so proud of you for doing that. Yes, thank um, you. I think JD was maybe thinking about doing a music segment for us today. I. Uh, it's not a lot, but I could talk about some <laughs> stuff. Okay. All right. Let's get that music segment going, JD. Uh, from now on, I am DJ Muir. Oh, my God. Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> for anybody who doesn't it, get that reference, it's JD, DJ Muir. It's Mirror, not Muir. <laughs> I, I apologize for my inability to enunciate the other O-R. O-R. <laughs> uh, Just gone. But yeah, I have a show on Saturday. Oh my god! Stop with your your shamelessly plugging myself. Yeah, it's a my mind eraser. But that's not important. Uh, so, King Cruel. If anybody knows of him, he's he's big in uh, Scottish people Twitter. I like that subreddit quite a bit. Scottish but, people Twitter. Yeah, so they just write. It's just tweets from Scottish people. It's great. <laughs> but anyways, I digress. Uh, he's coming out with an album on. Uh, tomorrow actually it's called <laughs> the ooze and uh so kink cruel is sort of like a like a poppy punk jazz mix of angst and uh late night scottish anxiety it's phenomenal and i'm excited to hear this album uh i've been definitely looking forward to it it's it's very hip hoppy and it's very sort of grungy in the way he presents his vocals he he definitely has one of the most unique voices i've ever heard in a uh, like a hip hop style setting, he raps. He sometimes sings. Hmm. He's got some super funky bass lines, and that's that's about it. So hmm. King Cruel. Well, on the same topic of that of uh, albums dropping tomorrow, uh, the Front Bottoms album is actually dropping tomorrow, which I'm pretty, I'm excited about, but also scared about. I was talking to uh, another DJ here, and I'm like worried that it's not going to be not going to live up to like their past albums. You know what I mean? Because it's been, I, th- I think this is like, I want to say fifth-ish album. They've had, fifth-ish, they, fifth-ish, fifth-ish. Uh, well, because they've had like, like little, like two, and two, like singles and stuff like that, that just kind of go on their own. Um, but anyway, I think that's going to wrap up uh, our music segment and our, I guess, our last segments of um, the Rocky Mountain Review today. Uh, we'll be back on Tuesday. We're always on here Tuesday and Thursday, 4 to 5 p.m. And um, yeah, uh Thank you, J.D. Layton, for coming in, our national news correspondent. Um, we um, we had so many guests in today, so that was awesome. That was awesome. Um, it was a full house. True. It was a full house that was just like a carousel, though, and we just kept like putting in new people. Um, I am Julia Batalise. I'm one of two news directors here, and uh, Gabe Peterson. Yeah, thanks for tuning in. <laughs> like Julia said, we'll be back next Tuesday at 4 p.m. Uh, with JD alongside us. I live here, so yes, you yes do. this On, is true. You do, you do. Well, that's going to do it here for the Rocky Mountain Review. Thanks for tuning in, and we will see you next week. Yep. Goodbye. Thank you for listening to the Rocky Mountain Review. Today you heard about another Fort Collins officer making headlines, a Colorado-state law being shut down by the Supreme Court, as well as the spreading of wildfires in the state of California. 
Thank you to Michelle Fredrickson and Tatiana Talisnik for contributing to today's show. The Rocky Mountain Review is hosted by Julia Badalise and myself, Gabe Peterson. Huge thank you to our reporters, Seth Bodine, Joe Green, J.D. Layton, Raven Culler, Will Bundy, and Bjorn Larson for contributing content for today's show. This podcast was produced by Joe Wood, Julia Badalise, and myself. You can find these podcasts on iTunes, SoundCloud, or at kcsufm.com. The Rocky Mountain Review is provided by 90.5 KCSU Fort Collins.